Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023 in the year of our Lord. Anno Domini. That's right. Yeah, that's what AD means. That's right. Did you guys know that? Well, now it's Common Era, so I'm going to start. No, maybe I, let's, revise, let's start over again so we can say Common Era. No, it's not Common Era. You st- no, but the problem is, Pastor PJ, you still come back to the same question. Like, why is this one Common Era and this one's before Common Era? Right. You still get down to Jesus. You right. can't remove him from the story, no matter Completely. how many times you try to change the name. Yep. Yep. That's true. That's true. That's just spitting facts. That's spitting fire. Fire. It's busting. I'm keeping it 100. You are. <laughs> you are keeping it 100. You know, the Riz is strong with you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a Chad. <sighs> I don't know what that one means. <laughs> hey, that's the it's hanging like alpha. That's the, wait a minute. That's what got, that's what almost got Al Gore elected. Wasn't it? The hanging Chads. Wasn't that what everybody in Florida was all up in arms about? I don't know what you're talking about. The presidential election? I mean, that I know what it, I, I know what that is. The hanging chads. I don't know what the hanging okay. chads is. Listen, there's uh, okay. Listen, whatever. Linda. Listen, 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 listen. Speaking of, of Pastor Hayden, if you guys don't know Pastor Hayden, he's our lead pastor at our church down in, in New Braunfels. That was his go-to. <laughs> we would all be sitting listen, around the table at, at, in California and be like, "Listen." Listen, do you remember when he would say things like, man, I, I saw, I saw a bird pick up a goat <laughs> and that bird took the goat and then dropped him and killed him and tried to eat him. I do. I do. Almost exactly like that with that accent. And he was from not far from this area. He's from Ladonia. I'm from Ladonia. Ladonia. That's how he'd say Ladonia, it. Texas. Dude. Yeah. No, I, I found a picture the other day. Well, the other month on Facebook of Ladonia and I sent it to him. And no lie, he, he texted me back. He's like, dude, I remember that. I almost hung myself on that railing because he like accidentally what? flipped over and got his belt <laughs> caught or something. I was like, man, do you have lived a life. He like, ha- he's lived more life in his 25 years and yeah. I've lived in all of my 38. He is an 80-year-old man <laughs> in his 25-year-old <laughs> self. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's yeah, no doubt. Dude, crazy stuff, man. We're thankful for him though. We are. Hey, Psalm 119, we are back in it today and we're in verses 49 through 104. I'm ready. 49 through 104. Me. What you saying? Zayin. Zayin. See what I said? Zayin. What you, what you saying? That's what not you the talking about. To say it. Zion. Yeah. Zion. Zion, but not Zion. Chet. Zion is not something Zion. different. Zion. Very different. Yeah. Zion. Hey, all right. We've, okay. We've got the these auto lights in our office on. and I like shifted and then the light just Dude, came on. spirit is active here. Yeah. Hey, Zion is this section 49 through 56 is really talking about faithfulness to the word, the psalmist commitment to the word, even in spite of opposition, the, the insolent verse 51 utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. So he's, he's creating now and, and calling us to think about the law of God, the word of God as something that does divide. And he's saying, what side are we going to be on? When uh, the world rises against us and, and wants to mock us or deride us because of our trust in the word of God, what are we going to do? Are we going to abandon it so that the world will accept us at the risk that God will reject us? Or are we going to allow the world to reject us so that we will hold fast to the word and know that we will be accepted by God? And so uh, the psalmist is saying, look, I, I've made my choice. I do not turn away from your law in hate. How do you, how would you pronounce? Chet. 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 Heth. Heath. 
in Heath, um, verses 57 through 64, then there's uh, just the psalmist doubling down to say, I, I'm committed to your word. I, I promise to keep your word. I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. I'm a companion of all who fear you. What a great statement there. I like that. That should be our aim. We want to have friends who fear the Lord. Um, and how do you know someone who fears the Lord? Well, uh, blessed is the one who fears the Lord, who keeps his way according to his commandments, right? I mean, mm. it's it comes back to the Bible. And so the psalmist is, is expressing this commitment commitment not just in in an intellect not just personally but even in socially in his circles who he's spending time with and that's important for us to think about too christians you you can have friends that are in the workplace or that are your neighbors or even some of your family who are not believers but i I would dare to say that i think your closest relationship should be those who fear the lord they should be christians that are are encouraging you spurring you on in your faith praying with you meeting with you people in your church people in your community group those should be some of the closest relationships that you have. Amen. Verse 59, one quick point I wanted to make to you. Uh, Think about what he says here. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I think there's something helpful in saying, uh, make make sure that you give time and adequate attention to the way that you live, to live circumspectly such that you can say, am I living in a way that's consistent with what I know to be true? If not, I want to turn my feet to your testimonies. So be sure to think on your ways. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the next section, Tate or Tech, tech, tech <laughs> as Pastor Rod might say. Um, <laughs> everybody says, like, oh, I just no, do what my teacher told me to do. Six, Sixty-five and following. It, it, this is interesting. Uh, look at verse sixty-seven. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Okay, so his affliction has driven him to the word of God. That's something interesting there. And now look mm. over at verse seventy-one. Over for me, maybe down for you, depending on where in your Bible. But it says in verse seventy-one, it's good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. Interesting. We've talked about the discipline of God before here in this podcast. And when we get to the book of Hebrews, we'll talk about it a lot more. But here we see an example where God sometimes disciplines us to drive us to the word of God. He uses discipline in our lives to cause us to return to the scriptures, to return to what he wants for us, which is revealed for us in the scriptures. Yod is, uh, is the next section there, verses 73 through 80. Um, your hands have made and fashioned me, recognizing God as the creator and turning to him and saying, as you've fashioned me, I ask that you help me to understand your commandments. Let your mercy, verse 77, come to me that I might live for your law is my delight. Mm-hmm. Just again, I delight in it. I delight in it. I delight in it. I hope that's our, our desire as well. I, I hope that's, a, that's a, a passion that we want, like we talked about in the last episode, and that we're working to cultivate that if we're not there yet. Cough is next in uh, verses 81 through 88. And here the psalmist is, is expressing that he is trusting in the promises of the word in, again, in the face of opposition, he's, he's, his opponents are there. And yet he's hoping in the word of God. My soul longs for your salvation. Now, this is an important note here because salvation, oftentimes when we read it in the Hebrew Bible, we want to apply the new Testament understanding of salvation here. And yet this is not the psalmist talking about salvation by grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone, but rather the idea of simple deliverance. Now it could be ultimate spiritual deliverance, or he could have physical deliverance in view. And we're not entirely sure it's, it's sometimes hard to tell, but salvation there is, is read more deliverance than salvation. The way that we often think of salvation. Verse 86, the word is reliable. All your commandments are sure in your steadfast love. Verse 88, give me life that I might keep the testimonies of your mouth. In in other words, sustain my life in order that I might continue to obey you according to the word of God. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. What does that mean, Pastor Ron? 
it means that though the heavens might come and go, they, they change, they don't change, his word will always remain. So mm. it's his word that sustains it. Hebrews chapter one, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. It is the idea that his word is the very thing that sustains all that you see. It's his word that upholds everything. It's his word that sustains uh, the fabric of creation itself, even down to the, the smallest molecules, the atoms that make up everything you see. His word is firmly fixed. You might even think about like the sun. The sun seems to be in a fixed position, um, not relative to the to the, your space on the, on the planet because it seems to move, but it's fixed. Um, but it's really not. It's actually it's actually circular uh, circling around our universe, um, as is everything else. Everything else is in flux too. But God's word is the thing that is fixed. It sustains all other things. Yep. Psalm. Uh, 119, 97 through 104, this last section for us in Mame ends in an interesting way as he is uh, praising wisdom for being something that, that gives us more uh, blessings than, than the wisdom of the world. And we've heard that before already, right? We've talked about that even in first Corinthians in our other section in, a, in the new Testament section of our daily Bible reading. But here he's saying the wisdom of God, the wisdom of the world will make me have more understanding than my teachers and he's going to make me more wise than the aged. Um, it's also going to hold my feet back from every evil way in order that I can keep your word. How sweet are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth. The, the rewards mm. that's offered by the word is greater than anything offered by the world is kind of how he is finishing up there in that section. No lie. When I was young and I read verse 99, I'm like, you know what? I think I did. I better read more of this. <laughs> I, I wanted to be wiser than my teachers. I'm like, oh, I want that. So I was really inspired by that verse back when I was a young lad. That's awesome. In the way that we talked about in the last episode where it's like, I want to study the word of God so I know more than everybody else and I can flex on <laughs> that people. That was basically me. I want to be smarter than my teachers. Just going to mad flex on everybody. Am, Do people I, say mad anymore? I don't know. No, no. It's I like drop the so. bomb. That, that's the bomb. Who says that anymore? That's rad. Do, Do you, you say rad? I do say rad, but that one's still acceptable. Is it? It is. I, I mean, I, think I about all of the language that you used to use back when you were in high school. I right. Mean, like 10% of it is still useful. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I think rad is, is transcendent. In fact, I think it's kind of rad to use rad because not everybody does. Mm, I don't think it was rad to use it in that way, but Dude, I understand your point. Yes, it was. Is there any, are there any cringe vocabulary words that you used to use back in the day that you don't anymore that you're like, oh, what did I do? Why did I say that? I'm sure. We used to say that's tight. That's remember tight. That? Yeah, I that's do. Tight. I do remember that. Yeah. I don't like that one. Anymore. Sweet. I still use sweet. sweet. Uh, that's that stuck around. You know what I still use, but I don't love that I do is the word nice. <laughs> That's nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's nice. Sweetie. It's like nothing's nice anymore. If you, and you know, awesome. The other word that I don't like that I use What's that? and it's, it's become like, like to me as somebody says like all the time. And yeah, yeah, I hate that one. Totally. Totally. And it, I blame the college students in California oh, that I used to serve. Californians. They are totally it. responsible. Yeah. Because somebody says something you really agree with. Yeah. And instead of saying, right, you say totally. Right. Or 100. Yeah. Yeah. Or so, facts. Yeah. Now you just say facts. Epic. I don't like the word epic. Yeah. Because everything's epic. Yeah. And then it's no longer anything. It's like the word awesome. Right. right. It no longer carries the same meaning. Also adulting. That makes my skin crawl. I, I, I've used it recently. Yeah. I don't like it. Because you know what's not adulting? Using a noun as a verb. That's not adulting. Actually, I think, don't we do that kind of a lot, though? No. Like in the English language? No. Things happen like that all the time. No. Stop. 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 Okay. Stop I mean, it. You can't. The English language is in perpetual evolution, which is why we need new translations of the Bible. Wow. I feel like that opened Pandora's box in some ways. 
I mean, if you want to chase it, it's a rabbit I'm willing to chase with you. But I mean, the, like that, the, that's the problem. The English language is always evolving. It, right. Pandora's box is just in the sense that like Bible translations can go a, a, oh, they error can go really quickly. Absolutely. Right? Like the they passion translation wrong. is awful. Why so? In that regard. Why so? Because they take interpretive liberties and they, they go off on, on rabbit trails with things and, and it's, it's not helpful for What's your us. opinion about the message? Eugene Peterson. I, I would never preach from the message and I would never use it as my study uh, resource, but from time to time, it, it might be a helpful resource to consult to say, okay, the ESV said this. I'm not entirely sure. I, I look at it more as like a commentary. It's a different way to say what the text says. It's not the text, right? It's different from the text, but it's going to help me understand the text maybe a little bit better. Isn't that kind of what the passion translation did? Nope. Because the passion is a translation in the same way that the message is a translation. Right. But the passion made some doctrinal assumptions and interpretations that wouldn't be in keeping with where we would land. I think Eugene, Mr. Peterson, I guess, <laughs> Mr. Peterson took some creative liberties in the way that he expressed some of the verses. Yeah. But I, 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 and, and admittedly, I have not heard the, the passion translation committee defend their work, but I, I do know that Peterson never said this is meant to be a biblical translation. This is more to, to be a, a paraphrastic translation. That's, okay. that's well, meant to be an different. accompaniment. So I, I, I would say that there's a difference probably there. Yeah. That's tight, bro. Yeah. Sweet. Nice. Totally. Hey, first Corinthians <laughs> chapter four, first Corinthians chapter four, uh, Paul is continuing to his tone of warning with the, the church here. And this is going to continue in first Corinthians, um, certainly into chapter five and chapter six, but here he's, uh, basically appealing to him, his own role and the role of other apostles saying that they are stewards of the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God essentially is the gospel. Um, when we think about that, uh, Ephesians five, Paul will talk about husbands and wives and the relationship there. And he's saying this mystery is profound, but I'm saying that it relates to the, 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 the gospel of Christ in the church. Um, and so the, the stewards of the mysteries of God are those that are, are stewards of the, the oracles of God, the, the word of God, the gospel in, in, uh, in particular here. Can you define steward? Steward, one who cares for a possession that is not his own. So manager. Yeah. Managing. That's helpful. Yep. And so Paul's saying that he has a, a job and his job is to make sure that, that he is, is, guiding and leading and he kind of establishes his authority here in verse five where he says don't pronounce judgment before the time but before the lord comes who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and disclose the purposes of the heart then each one will receive his com- commendation from god rather paul saying look I- instead here's here's what you need to focus on you need to focus on what god wants you to be doing right now and he appeals to his own situation here and he says uh, in verse 10 we are weak but you are strong you're held in honor but we in disrepute to the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We're poorly dressed. We're buffeted. We're homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. Persecuted, we endure. Slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world. That's some strong language. That is strong language. The refuse of all things. And then look what he says in verse 16. Therefore, I urge you to become imitators of me. Okay. Some of this requires understanding the, the context of the letter that the, the people originally receiving this letter. Corinth was a debauched area. Corinth was a very worldly area. Corinth was a very affluent area. And as so Paul's was the church, as was the church. Right. Yeah. And so Paul's writing to the Christians in the church saying, you guys are in infancy in your faith, even though you shouldn't be right now. And it's possible. These are some of the issues that they had. They were loving comfort more than Christ. And so he's trying to get them to see, Hey, wake up and realize there's a day coming when all of our works are going to be laid bare and you need to get after it. You need to get after growing in your relationship with Christ and actually being like we are more than you are right now, what you are, which is 
idolizing proud. They, and, and they had so many gifts to speak of too that for Paul, it, Paul even acknowledges they have, they, they're not lacking in any gift, he says. Right. And that's probably part of the reason that this church was so uh, mentally or uh, spiritually inflated. They thought very highly of themselves. And Paul's like, look, you guys think you're kings and queens, you're reigning, you know, and, and here I am. I, I'm one of God's chief servants, I think right. he might say, and right. I'm suffering in ways that you guys aren't even close to. Yeah. Maybe he's saying, humble yourselves and, and and bite the bullet, live a live a more difficult life for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, I think he is. And, and then he ends in a pretty ominous tone here in verse 21. He says, what do you wish? What do you want? Do you want me to come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness. Talk about a flex, dude. This guy. Talk, so I think Paul would have been kicked. Out. He would have been called a spiritual abuser. I mean, think about this. If yeah. This guy, if he were here today, Paul would be kicked out. Everybody would be getting a letter from Paul for sure. <laughs> right. But on top of that, he'd be called a spiritual abuser. He'd be kicked out of his church. So talk about that because I think that's one of the biggest differences between Paul, uh, first century, the first century church, and maybe today. How is this not spiritual abuse? And why is this okay when what we see today, if someone were to do that today, it would be like, dude, what's your problem? Be- because Paul had a greater understanding of what was at stake and what's still at stake. And Paul's heart was ultimately for the uh, the Christ likeness of those in in his care, and he wanted to make sure that they didn't miss it, that they didn't miss the point. And I think we've got a lot of pastors and a lot of churches today who are th- their aim is to make people as comfortable as possible, and they're they're afraid to put the finger in the chest and say, "Hey, look, what you're doing is wrong. This is not okay, and you need to grow in Christ likeness," or or to look at a group of of men in the church and say, "Hey." you guys are babies when it comes to your faith. We need to, let's kick it into gear. Let's go. Um, and I, I you know, I, I was thinking about that recently. I, I just wonder, okay, wh- okay, God, what would you think of our church when you came back? Yeah. If you came back right now and you were to look at what we're doing, what, what would you say? What would you correct? What would you admonish? What would you, what would be the rod that we might have to fear right now? Right. Um, and so th- there's that element. And there's the element of the fact that, that Paul was an apostolic envoy. Paul was in, authority. imbued with the authority of Christ, and he carried that with him. Okay, so help me understand, and maybe I'm not the only one who thought about this one, but at the beginning of chapter 4, Paul talks about the uh, the judgment. He's saying, I, I don't even judge myself in verse 3. Yeah. Um, but just because I'm not aware of anything against myself doesn't mean I'm acquitted. Help us understand that in the context of what he's saying and how that applies to us today. Yeah, I, reading through that, so the, the the judging here, there were some that were, were saying that this is more of the judging of the, the world, that the, the world is looking at the church and judging, passing judgment in the church and being concerned about the world's opinion of the church. And Paul's saying it's, it's not the world's opinion of what we're doing that we should be concerned with, but God's opinion of what we're doing that we should be concerned with. In fact, right. so much so that we don't even judge ourselves, but we leave that to the word of God to do that. Such an interesting thought too, because I mean, if I were to examine my own life, I'm like, oh, there's, I, I could judge myself for that. I could judge myself for that. Uh, I wonder if Paul's getting at having a clean conscience, a clear conscience yeah. before the Lord. He's acting and, and serving with a clean conscience because he's doing all these things in faith, recognizing that all the while doesn't mean that there's not something that he couldn't find that would be wrong um, because he's not acquitted just because he has a clear conscience. God's going to judge that and God will disclose those things he says later on. Uh, but I think that's something helpful for all of us. You make a decision by faith with a clean conscience and let the Lord handle the consequences. Let, yeah. let him handle the details. Uh, but there's no need to carry a, a heavy conscience. Make a decision by faith. Let the Lord handle the, the, the fallout. Yep. Yep. First Corinthians chapter four. All done. Yep. Easy, All done. Easy. Next. Beautiful. Hey, parents, heads up for the next chapter. Chapter five. 
just maybe one of those that you want to listen to before you uh, bring your kids in and have them listen along with us. But that will be tomorrow's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. See you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.